eternity. You don't need people anymore. Nothing you can do about it. Content. Nothing you can do. Content. You will be mashed up, cut up, repackaged for someone else's needs. The world's largest hotel chain owns no hotels. Are we manipulable? The world's largest retailer has no inventory. Manipulable. What's I can't talk. And the world's largest media company creates no content. Yeah, we're not producing the content. Um, we're allowing users to to share. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. It's expensive. Your content. You know what I mean? It's like the sounds that are used are not cheap. My content. They're very expensive sounding sounds. That sound, right? I just had to get used to it. I want to know what they're talking about amongst themselves. And I want to spread that content to the people who aren't this content yet. It's normal for some things to come to your attention. And we're back for another episode of Are We Content, where I'm your host. They call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. All right, guys, look, I remember a time back, it was 2008, maybe 2010, when I was introduced to a new website. The website had probably been around for a little while, but it was new to me, and it was called Yelp. You all remember Yelp, am I right? Everyone used it for a little while. South Park even made an episode about it. But what it was, was a website where people could review businesses that they went to. And it was immediately noticed by especially small business owners that were going, oh, wow, this is amazing. There's people reviewing my, my, my body shop or my restaurant right here. And I can get direct feedback from the public on how my business is doing. And it was really, really cool. It was like this huge megaphone that everyone could suddenly be interactive with the businesses that they were, that they were using on a level that was much different than when you just tell the, the secretary or the clerk or the waiter uh, that, how it was. But instead, you could put your voice out there, really be out there. Business owners really, really, really started to obsess with this. I knew a few, a few small business owners who the first thing in the morning every day for a while was check Yelp, because that was not just the bottom line of last night or yesterday, but instead it was an idea for the future of what your business would be doing. The more good reviews, the more longevity you would see in your business and the more bad reviews, you know, you wanted to avoid that, right? <laughs> kind of a no brainer. But it was, uh, it, was, it was not so great in time because businesses started to notice that there were ghosted reviews that would be down at the bottom. And you have to click it and expand. And in two of the cases that I was very personally involved with, it was quite obvious when you looked at that, that all the really good reviews were getting ghosted. They were getting removed. And it was really confusing. And this wasn't a website that was controlled by the business owners. This was instead a website that was a private business that decided to put this out there and they let anybody start an account and start reviewing businesses. Well, it was difficult on a level that the businesses started to try and contact Yelp and say, hey, what's going on? I'm still getting all the bad reviews coming through, some of the good ones, but a lot of the good ones are being filtered out so nobody can see them. What's going on? 
and they wouldn't get real responses. They'd say, oh, I'm sorry. We use an algorithm to decide what goes in and what goes out from the Yelp reviews. Well, that was the first time I'd ever heard the term algorithm. Most smart people already knew what it meant without having heard it before, because, you know, you just hear it and you can kind of figure out exactly what that is. But it drove people nuts. I mean, really nuts because it was they wanted to fix it. And then eventually Yelp even gave them a solution. They said, hey, you pay us some money. We'll take your algorithm off and you'll just get all your reviews put up there. Well, that sucks. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> nobody wants to pay for this. What's otherwise a free website for users to use just to be able to not have this algorithm control things, control things. Yeah. See, that's the word that I'm getting at. Suddenly there's this new concept out there. That's it's an algorithm and the algorithm is already taking control of things and it's already making people upset. I don't know anyone that thought that that was a great thing. Nobody said, oh, this algorithm makes using Yelp easier because then I just don't get all of the reviews. Nobody said that. It was this, this new term to me. I'm sure it was out there in other capacities, but this was just how it came into my lexicon. And there was nothing positive, nothing positive at all involved in that word. And that was a long time ago. Yelp is no longer a thing. Google reviews is pretty much, you know, trumped out any kind of website like that. Cause there were other ones, TripAdvisor and some, some other things that you could use to see what kind of hotels or, or um, restaurants were in an area, things like that. But we fast forward to today and suddenly algorithm is so in use in our, in our language. We all use it. We even say the algo, you know, my YouTube, I'm getting these videos because of my algo. <laughs> yeah, at least I do. I don't know if other people actually use that. Uh, but nevertheless, it has become a very, very intricate part of our lives, these algorithms, whether it be through, through your social media or otherwise. So with that, I would like to introduce my guests tonight. With me, as always, is our resident skeptic himself, Moral Bob. Bob, Bob, oh, Bob's not here. Bob might be joining us later, but Bob's not here. I have a second guest today. It is our first female guest on Are We Content? It is also the first guest that I have ever had sex with that has been on Are We Content? It is my <laughs> wife and curator of the Preserving Today website, Lanny. Hi. Welcome to Are We Content? How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Quite an intro. No one has ever claimed to have sex with me when they were introducing me on a podcast. So that's also a first time for me. Hey, lots of firsts here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks and for having me. And sex with you is the first time for me. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's not true. <clears throat> so. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm assuming everybody knows who you are because yeah. I talk about you so much. You and I co-host the World As It Is Today podcast. And you also have a, a solo podcast called Greener Postures, which is absolutely amazing. Everybody should be subscribed to and listening to that on the regular. Uh, but then you also have a, an amazing website that you've uh, only recently put together recently. I guess that's not really correct anymore, but you've been in the last year, you've yeah, been working on this website. Mm -hmm. 
And um, the reason I talked about algorithms so much here at the beginning was because algorithms is something that has been coming into your view from a different point of view. Well, of course, I was also aware of the Yelp phenomenon and I worked for a small business and was a part of witnessing that obsession that owners had with trying to understand how this website was determining which reviews were appropriate and which were not mm -hmm. and why they were filtering them. It seemed like some businesses would be almost under attack where all their good reviews would be filtered. The bad ones would be shoved up to the top. It would give your five star, you know, you have out of room out of five star ratings, the the, the uh, you know, average star would, rating would go down because you have your good ones hidden and your bad ones up front. Mm -hmm. um, there would be ones that just would never disappear that were like not even valid. And it was always really canned answers you would get from the website. They would be like, read this page uh, about how we decide these things. They would never actually answer your questions. They would just refer you to a page. Yeah, that was a key in, in what I was discussing there of that that it was always canned answers that you never got something from someone who no, explained something form to you. that was uh, that was written out over and over again they just say sorry can't do anything the it's answer an was to pay for advertising on the website because if you paid for advertising then they would favor you and that seems criminal to me especially because the people coming to that website are expecting to get like this actual view of what people think mm -hmm. and to get that view you have to have everyone who speaks about it whether or not you have like the whiny bitch that's, you know, or the Karen or whatever complaining about stuff or people who just like to, you know, go and support small businesses and give them five-star reviews, even though they haven't been there for months, it doesn't matter. Just have everything there that's been posted on that website and have it available. But no, you have to go to the bottom, scroll to the bottom, view filtered reviews. And it gives you a little warning saying that these have been filtered for a reason or whatever. You click on it and then you can see the rest of them, but they don't count towards their star rating. No. So that's just one example of how an algorithm can work to skew results and have them, instead of you thinking you're getting all this information that's there and available, you're only getting um, a curated view of that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to understand how they choose it. And so the reason I asked to be on your podcast is because I wanted to talk about content creation and the internet as well as content consumption. And I thought I could go on to, are we content? But then I was like, oh, wait, it's, are we content? I don't know. Just all confusing. It's just really difficult to understand. Just uh, go with the Mark Maron one. It's content. <laughs> content. Forever. Yes. Right. King of podcasts, that guy. Uh, <laughs> I've like never listened to shit. I never actually have, but he's one of the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. I no. mean, he's like up there with Rogan. As I like to like show and I like it. some stand up, but he is so liberal. It's painstaking to listen to any of yeah, his new I stuff. Couldn't, I couldn't hear anything new without anyway. losing my mind. So I skip it all together, but go on. So the content creation aspect, right? So I'm, I'm, I used to kind of cringe at that idea and that, that term and, and, I didn't like it, but I realize now that anytime you post a picture on Facebook of your kids playing mm -hmm. in a sprinkler, you're creating content for that website. Sure. The biggest, what that's your same, I think it's your opener, um, the negative land track. There's audio of people talking about how the biggest websites, the biggest businesses yeah. online, if you have this memorized, please pick it up for me. <laughs> but the biggest, um, the biggest you know, video the biggest retailers have no stores, have no stores and the biggest, they like have no inventory. 
right? The biggest people who a video like YouTube makes no videos. Hotels.com is the biggest hotel chain or company in, in the United States, yet they own no hotels. Right. So, okay. This would be if Yelp could continued, Yelp could be the largest grossing restaurant based business in America, yet they own no restaurants. No. So you have these third party, you know, these companies that are suddenly making this space for you to be able to post what you want to post and have it actually be seen. And you could even say Facebook or YouTube are the greatest content or, or Instagram or any of them. They're the biggest creators of content, but yet they create, they create nothing. no content. The content they create is the little colors around the outside. They box. host it. They, <laughs> they have host a, it. Yes. They have a, an outline for you to be able to put it in without being a computer coder. Anybody could have made their own website at any point. You mm -hmm. could have done that in uh, many different ways. You could have started a blog, but no one's seeing those things unless you're also going on to Facebook and Instagram and promoting them. So Yes, you're creating content, whether you realize it or not, anytime you're online. Mm -hmm. And because the, to the point where you're creating content, you're creating information, you're creating data. Do you think we could go so far as to say comment sections or you're adding content? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because so. people look at the comment sections too. Sure. And then if you, if you go and you search something in Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever super secret one, you think that no one's following you. It's you you on by CERN and yeah. <laughs> um, whatever you put in there also is creating data for the company to be able to better understand what their users want or need. And, and so I am aware of this. Um, but it's been important to me to share what I do with other people. And for those who don't know, I am a homesteader and a homemaker, and I'm very, very passionate about uh, historical ways of food preservation, natural ways of doing things and, um, and feeding yourself better, but in an easier way while still using modern tools. And so preserving today was my YouTube channel. I started over a year ago and I've been posting videos there. Um, I've recently upped that a bit and tried to focus on getting things out once a week and then started my website, preservingtoday.com, where I'm also writing articles, posts, blog posts, whatever you want to call them, recipes, and lots of information about why I do what I do with good pictures so that people can come for free, find this recipe and say, I'm going to do that. That doesn't sound so hard. I can do it. And that's my goal is to make people see things that Previously, they maybe thought was a little intimidating, kind of scary, you know, things like fermentation where you think you could make yourself sick. Well, you could come here and you can find that it's not so scary. Take some of the like mystery out of it, make it super easy and people can go and try that in real life. So that's my mission. To do that, I knew I needed a website. So I made my website and to do that, I took a online course with an, an, a very successful blogger and YouTube creator. Um, in the, was it Tom Woods in the food blogging oh, okay. community, um, you know, homestead family life kind of stuff. And she, she has this course and I was like, I'm, I was on sale. I'm like, you know what? I've never bought an online course ever and I'm going to do it. And I did it. And so she's talking about all the stuff that I had never learned about before. And my conspiracy mind was just like on, on fire. Yeah. I'm learning about SEO, which means search engine optimization. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's like basically how to gear your article towards whatever you're writing. You want someone to be able to find it, right? And how do people find what they need online? And so this it opened all these this questions, right? 
And so the, search engine optimization would be uh, how to have the right words in your article so that when someone types it in on Google, Google will pull that. Right. Yeah. So if you want to. Sounds wanna, a little like an algorithm already. Well, there's an algorithm in Google and that's what I want to get at. And there's been updates and they're changing all the time, too. So what I wanted to kind of go through is like maybe we could talk first about the Google's new update that's called Hel um it's about helpful, reliable people first content is what they were calling it. And right there, I'm like, that sounds scary. What are they talking about? Yeah. They're talking about the way they filter through stuff. So basically Google has this crawl, this, this, this AI that goes through everything that's on the internet and it, and it scans all of it. And it's going to decide what they think is helpful and reliable and people first content. They also want the EEAT in your content. That stands for experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Okay. And if they can find that in your content with their AI. Yeah. Who, who is they? Yeah. I, the, I, I, this bot that they made, if they can find that, which all of those things, those words seem like they have some kind of humanity to them, some kind of feeling. Yeah. But it and then it would be personal like experience. Algorithm. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Yes, of course it is. That's what they're doing to filter, to decide what you get to see when you search something. Yeah. So I first need to write content that fits those guidelines. So I can't say, don't get the vaccine. I can't say anything controversial that they deem unhelpful at that time. So they're just going to automatically, that's, that knocks you out of the, the, what was it? Search engine optimization yes yeah, so basically you want to rank with google and that means that you want to be one of the top um answers that google gives you the top websites that they give you when you ask a question mm -hmm. when you say i need a fermented cranberry recipe and so how do you actually type that into google if you mm -hmm. wanted to learn how to make fermented cranberries you might type in how do i make fermented cranberries right? sure i think that's how a lot of people do it i would type it i would start by Typing in fermenting cranberries. Yep. Or that's, just, that's ferment, just fermented cranberries, fermenting cranberries or fermented cranberries recipe, right? Yeah, that's like the recipe. most common kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So then if I write an article, which I just did, it's my new one out. It's really great. Honey fermented cranberries. And my, my keyword um, that I kind of focus on in the article is honey fermented cranberries. It just means that I make sure when I write um, honey fermented cranberries. I don't remind fermented honey cranberries. I write it the same way a few times in the article okay. so that if somebody searched that they would find it. Okay. And so that to me is totally legit, but okay. some tactics for people, because when you're con creating content, sometimes you're creating content to share about your family. Like that person I said was posting the picture of their kids on Facebook. Other people are creating content because it's their job and they want to make money. Mm -hmm. And so let's back up a little bit and see how do you make money from creating content? Because okay. that was actually foreign to me. I didn't actually know how it happened. It is obviously foreign to me. Yes. So I knew that you could make con um, money from um, people paying you for items. So like you could make an ebook and sell it, or you could sell soap that you make and physically ship it to people. And by promoting yourself on Instagram or whatever, you could get customers, right? Mm -hmm. So then I learned that how other ways that people make money and especially, especially like you hear people making lots of money from blogging and it's like using the word blog is totally like passe. It's like that not is cool 2000 anymore. 2000 and late. <laughs> right. You don't want a blog. That's embarrassing. I have a website and I have articles or posts. So it's <laughs> right? not a blog. It's definitely a food blog. That's exactly what it is. It's no <laughs> different, but it's not, it's articles and posts. It is a little embarrassing to say blog. I was a blogger a long time ago where I wrote 
wrote about my blind dog. If you really dig online, you could still find those articles. You, you could take a take a page out of the residences playbook. When they started residence.com, mm-hmm. it was the residence bog. Bog, yes. That's the <laughs> it was when blog was just drain the all over the place. But this it's is the bog. Beautiful. So, okay. So we want to say, how do you make money as a content creator? So memberships and subscriptions is probably, if you're in the podcast world, you're most familiar with that. Patreon, um, you can get extra content from people that you enjoy if you pay a subscription fee, right? Monthly, $3. If enough people put, pitch in three bucks, you're actually making a, a, enough money to support yourself and pay for the platforms that you are using to host the things that you're putting out there, which is very valuable. And if you have a lot of people, then you're actually making money to sustain yourself. So you have more time and energy to put into making the content. Okay. Mm -hmm. But just because making content is difficult or hard or takes a lot of work, doesn't mean that it's worth anything. And I think that's kind of hard for some people to understand. I bet. Um, Because I'm like, it took me a long time to make this video. And it's like, well, maybe I'm not very good at making videos. And that's why it took me a long time. Or maybe I made a video about something that no one gives a shit about at all. And then it's not worth anything, right? So there's other ways to make money besides the subscriptions, memberships. I just want to expand on on, on, people thinking that Mm -hmm. Uh, as as a content creator myself, um, you know, sometimes it comes up with people that I have a podcast and most commonly the first question, it isn't like, what's it about? It's do you make money at that? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? You're like, everyone's like, oh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, you're like Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. How much do you, how much money do you make? You know, and it's like, what? I, that, that's not what from we're doing. that negative. I spend money. <laughs> yes. So for me, for my podcast, it's an outlet to be able to talk directly to the people who want to listen to me. And for me with the podcast, with the world as it is today, it's for me to have a chance to connect with you, kind of document the conversations and the way we interact with each other for us later, maybe for our kids someday even, but also so we can share it with people who want to listen and maybe it'll help someone or inspire somebody or interest somebody, or maybe we'll make a friend online because of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a way for us to put stuff out there. So that, that for me, you know, I don't need I don't need anything back from that besides, you know, uh, people reaching out, leaving comments, saying hi, whatever. That's, that's the kind of payment. That's that's great. That's the currency I see. Yeah. Getting interaction with people. And well, it's even a currency before that for, for this particular uh, show or all all of podcasting I've ever done is just like being able to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Because we've been listeners for a long time. It it doesn't make a difference to be able to chime in. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, and they, particularly the year leading up to when I joined Adam for Deborah gets red pilled, I was starting to talk to my podcasters Mm, that I'm listening to. Uh, there was a meme that I saw not that long ago that said, uh, it was like, mom, I made made a new friend. Oh, is it a real friend or is it a podcaster? That kind of hit me from back then it was a podcaster (laughs) especially actually maybe even more now because like i do make new friends and they're podcasters and they are podcasters but i am interacting with them it's a next level to that yeah yeah i mean there's been so many cool people we've got to talk to because of it it's been great and so that again there's like a lot of different ways to have value it doesn't just have to be monetary yeah sorry i didn't mean to take you off your track i just wanted to expand oh you're good just a hair so another way besides patreon membership subscriptions that people can earn money when they create content is through affiliate links. And you might be familiar with this mostly from Amazon. Amazon Associates is a program that Amazon hosts where if you qualify, meaning you have to have a platform. So you have to have a YouTube channel with enough track, um, you know, traffic, or you have to have an Instagram account with enough followers. 
And like basically Amazon looks it over and says, sure, you can be an, an associate. And that means you basically get custom links um, where you can share a link for something on Amazon. If someone clicks on that link, and then makes a qualifying purchase. That means you click on the link and you go to Amazon from, if you go from a website, if you go from somebody's links in their profile and, and on Instagram, if you are watching a YouTube video and you click on the, the Amazon link that's in the video description, a podcast description, those are probably affiliate links. You're gonna go to Amazon, it's gonna look normal like it normally does. And even if you um, navigate away from that item you originally clicked on and end up buying toilet paper, that person will still qualify uh, and get a kickback for that. And it's small. It's like 2%. Mm. It's little, it's, you know, it's like Take, two bucks out a of a hundred dollars. Takes a lot of purchases. To yes. Even, but if you, know. you are a person that gets millions of views on your YouTube videos, you can actually make pretty good money from it. Oh, I bet. I bet. Now, if I am an Amazon affiliate. You have to disclose that if you have that on your website, that there may be affiliate links. So people are aware it's a legal thing. So you can say, yeah, I'm promoting these things for me. Integrity. Of course, I'm not promoting anything unless I have it and I use it and, and I like it. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually also promoting stuff that I actually bought on Amazon with the same link. I like go to our order history to find the thing and then share it. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's other places you can find online that you can think of right away. If you've ever gone to like compare like um, two, two things like uh, what's the best laptop of 2023 and you just Google that. Mm -hmm. There's all these websites that just review things and they'll pop up and you can kind of tell they're written by AI and oh. there's a list one through 10 and then there'll be a picture of the computer and all the specs of it. But it's all stuff that could just be copy and pasted from another website. Yeah. It's not them saying, I use this and right, it was right, lightweight right. and it was easy to carry. You know, it's just all the specs. And then it has a link to Amazon, usually a link to like, I don't know, I want to say sharper image, but I'm pretty sure that's a, a it thing seems that's like, like it's the equivalent of someone doing research and they find a website and it's like, oh, I know this because it's all, it's just off Wikipedia. Yes. They're just basically copy and pasting yeah, a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah. from different places. It's AI. Mm -hmm. um, there's other ones where people actually get items from companies to review them so that's another way you can make money but you know you're basically you're getting free stuff like they can oh, say oh. with that ahead. with that website that's like the best laptops of 2023 uh -huh. are there amazon links on there is that how they're yes. going to make money? so then there's going to be an amazon link but there usually is another store so you can compare prices between two places okay best buy and amazon so they're probably an affiliate for best buy as well as amazon yeah because i think a lot of companies even smaller companies can have a, affiliate programs hmm. so um I, I am an Amazon associate. I think the most money I've ever made is like $30 in a month mm -hmm. from Amazon. It goes at, and acts like a gift card to our Amazon account. And I use it. It's not cash. It's it's for the company store. It's for the company store. Uh, so uh, the other way is through advertising. So if you have your own website, you could be advertising. And there's, um, there's Google AdSense is the most well-known and that is Google, right? Uh, when you're on a website that seems cheaper or janky and it like skips a lot. And when you get to the bottom, there's like six box ads that are, have like weird AI pictures of like toenail fungus close-ups or mm -hmm, something and mm -hmm. like skin irritation. Or like some weird looking fruit that you've never seen before. And it yes. says, it says, guess how we can cure cancer. Yes. And so you're that, like, what is that fruit? You don't even care. No, you're just like, it, what is, like, is what that, is that fruit? fruit? Yeah. And, and uh, I hate to admit it. I've clicked on that once or twice. <laughs> and it's always like, 
This has nothing to do with no, this fruit. No, it's clickbait. Okay? I don't think I'm on the internet anymore. Yes. You, know, you know, I don't know. It's like all of a sudden it's, yeah, I got to close out of so this shit. So that's Google AdSense. It okay. slows down your website. It looks really ugly. The ads on your page have nothing to do with your page. Yeah, I fucking um, hate these. I don't understand, but I have it on the greenerpostures.com website and I don't know how to take it off and I never put it on and I'm not getting paid. I see these the worst on the wiki not wikipedia pages mm -hmm. uh like um there's like a wiki king of the hill yeah if yeah. you're ever looking for in-depth stuff yeah. i'm sure there's one for the simpsons there's one for the residents there's mm -hmm. ones for for like bands and stuff where it's yeah. just all like really expanded wikipedia and those are just bogged down with shitty yeah. ads that have nothing to do with what you're looking at yeah it's interesting because the Google AdSense is not worth it because it it, bo it bogs down your site and all that, but also it does not pay much. Mm -hmm. um, so the way you get paid with ads is the amount of views that come to your page, the ads that are displayed, and for the amount of time they're displayed, and then if and you, then another tier if they someone clicks on an ad, right? And that's old school. Um, it's been, it's been like that for a long time that you could make money on. A, I mean, I knew when I started the dog blog with the, the, the blind dog thing that you can make money with blogs, but I didn't Do you ever understand. promote that anymore. No life That's, with blind Louie. No, I wasn't going to say the name. <laughs> going to edit that out. Dot blog com. Yeah. It's a blog spot. If you can, you can figure it out. If and if people, you go there, can you find. Don't talk about it. Okay, okay. Yes. I was just looking at it today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to have stupid blogs too. Um, you did. Yes. I you did. did. I had my, my MySpace was, I, I used it as a blog. So that's where I was writing about trans fats. Trans fascism was my yeah. best article I ever uh -huh. wrote in my life. Um, yeah. Like I was, I just used it as a little, little megaphone. Yeah. Kind of like I was talking about with Yelp at the beginning, you know, it was like my version of that. Harry, I got things I want to say. Right. And I even had a GeoCities before that. Right. Old where, school. fuck, man, I, I looked that up on the Wayback Machine not mm -hmm. that long ago. I was writing fire about the Patriot Act when they were enacting it and all this other stuff. I was quite proud to oh look back gosh. at how, I mean, the writing's terrible. Yes. Yeah, like, sure. you, like misspellings and bad punctuation, everything is wrong about it. But, but if you can, if you can get through that and tell what I was thinking, yeah, I was on the right track way back then. <laughs> Print that off and have it like in a family album. It's very <laughs> sweet. I love it. So yeah, so you can get paid for advertising. People are usually kind of aware of that, but you might not know how it works. Um, the next up, well, I'd say the premium ad company, the ad company that anyone with a website or a blog wants to have is Mediavine. And the reason you want Mediavine is because they pay the, the, the host the most out of anyone. But also the ads are more geared toward the type of people who are going to be visiting your sites and the, it's really like stream interact. It, it fits with the page. So you don't notice it as much. So usually if you're on a, if you look up a recipe and it's a media vine page, they're going to have ads down the right side of the page ads throughout occasionally as you scroll down through stuff and then ads at the bottom, but there's also going to be this tiny little video screen in the bottom right corner that plays a, an advertisement, like a, uh, like a video advertisement that's on mute. And you can like hit the X and get rid of it if you want to. Mm -hmm. Mediavine can also have that. So you can integrate that with your website. And if you have a video showing how you make your uh, recipe or whatever that's on it, and someone clicks on your video, it'll start playing in that same little box. So they can continue to look at your website while that little box is playing the video on how to make something, which is nice for multiple reasons. 
it's also nice because you can um, see right there that people are scrolling around your page, watching the video, and also it's creating more ad revenue. It's mm -hmm. still because they're still looking around your page, right? Then if someone clicks off of one of those, you get paid more. So Mediavine, right? You can't just sign up. You can just sign up for Google Analytics. Yeah. Why is Mediavine so immediately, is there a logo that I would see at the bottom of the top of Sometimes the very, very bottom of the website where it has like, you can see how they created their website sometimes. Mine says what, you know. I've never heard anyone talk about this, but it immediately like rang, rang a bell in my head. Like I'd never Mediavine. heard of it before, but um, it, it's, it's sometimes at the very bottom, you know, ads hosted by Mediavine or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, so you can... You can become a Mediavine person if you qualify. And to qualify, you have to have like 100,000 views on your website a month. And I, or, some, or maybe it's 10,000. I think it's like, it seems unattainable to me and like I'm in, insane to think about that somebody has that many clicks on, um, the on their website. On, on the a regular month. too. And when I realize how many different blogs that I look out for recipes, when I'm like trying to figure out how to do something, I always go to a few different people. And there's like certain people that I learn to trust because I can tell that their recipes make sense and they're well-written. Um, they have good pictures. And so you'll start to see those names and go back to them. Those people are all Mediavine people. And so I'm like, oh, they and what, okay, go ahead. I, I just like, I, I don't go back to websites very often. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's my way of doing things. It's different than others, but it seems like like I am shrouded by social media before that I have YouTube channels that I go back to. There you go. Here's a nice segue. Um, but I don't like continuously go back to, you know, like if like for yours, for instance, I don't ever go to yours <laughs> because I have other things to do. Yeah. That's, Cause you're not cooking for yourself. Cause that's your job. You don't not mine. <laughs> no, you don't need to. Uh, but it, okay. So like if I was a single guy and I was, cooking for myself and I was getting into fermentation, I would maybe be on your website a whole bunch. Mm -hmm, just to look at my about me picture on the over side. And over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't be there forever. Like the, at best that could last like two months that I'd be back there a whole bunch before I'd be moving on. And, you know, like, but, and, and, and if I was, but see then beyond that, I might still follow you and follow you through Instagram mm -hmm. or something like that. And I'd stay close with that or your youtube channel but your website i don't know i just don't i don't see i can't write at this moment picture a website that people just keep going back right to. okay that so hundred thousand people go i don't know if people keep going back to it or it's uh, like a hundred thousand unique views you know okay but okay let's move to youtube people can make money on youtube and how do you do that also from advertising right you can also make money through affiliate links on YouTube by promoting, you know, showing people that you're making a recipe that uses a KitchenAid stand mixer and then linking to that KitchenAid stand mixer in your, in your description. And if people for, buy for the stand, Amazon. yeah, for yeah. Amazon, then they, they, you get money there. But for, for advertising on YouTube, the advertisements, it's interesting because I used to think if I saw an ad on a video that people were making money, and then I was watching one of my own videos after I had uploaded it and it had, no, it was a, an old video I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was suddenly really popular. It had like 10,000 views. And I was like, what's going on here? I'm going to check this out, watch my own video. And they put ads in my video. And I'm not, uh, I'm not affiliated with in, uh, ads on YouTube and I'm Pfizer not ad? getting paid. Was it, a Pfizer it was, ad? it was definitely an undesirable <laughs> ad, but all of yeah. them are really, you know what I mean? Right. So I realized then like, how do I monetize my YouTube channel? 
And you have to have a certain amount. You have to have over a thousand followers. And I thought that's all it was. Go ahead. I just want to back up and say they're, they're not all undesirable. You would probably welcome KitchenAid ads. Sure. It's fine. You yeah. would welcome um, ball canning jar ads. Yeah. If they had the right? lid and spring ads. Like there, there are things that like actually kind of make sense. Yeah. But I don't think that those vi- those ads ever have to do with the content. No, this for is, anyone this is my watching YouTube, you're seeing so many pharmaceutical ads. No, there's pharmaceutical ads. the majority ads, and, of it. But if anything, it's going to look at your algo as the viewer, not the content totally. that's there. Yeah. But the viewer, if the viewer watches tons of stuff about uh, video games, you're going to get video game ads. Yeah. Uh, and if they watch tons of stuff about, about like I do, I look at a lot of uh, vehicle repair vi- videos small engine repair repair and engines and i get a lot of car ads mm-hmm. i bet that the person who's getting video game ads isn't getting the same ones as me totally you know so you're you're on youtube you've got a thousand followers and you have to have a certain number of uploads within a 365 days and then if you meet those requirements plus 3000 watch hours in the last 365 days. Mm-hmm. So that's a cumulative all your videos combined for people watching them 3000 watch hours in a year. And I am not there, so I don't qualify. And I'm like, well do I want Okay, so here's like the moral dilemma, which is one of the parts I wanted to talk about. But the majority of what I wanted to talk about was is something going back to the whole Google thing um and that update but first, um, besides the affiliate affiliate marketing, you can also be a brand ambassador so that you could, there could be KitchenAid could say, Hey, you do great work and you like using our products. Then they would give me a special code to promote their products. And I would get kickbacks if people bought them. Mm-hmm. So directly through brands or through Amazon or other companies like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, back to YouTube. Um, those advertisements are not ones that I agree with. I don't want pharmaceutical advertisements on my videos. I can't take them away. So my option would be to stop using YouTube. and means people would not watch my videos because yes, Odyssey is great, whatever, but people don't go there and watch them. If somebody's going to look up how to make something that I want to share with them, they're going to go to YouTube and then they can find my video. And hopefully my video is easier to understand and less intimidating and less dramatic. My God, everyone's like, you're making, you're cutting green onions wrong. It's like the name of a freaking video the other day. I'm like, I'm not cutting green onions wrong. You're cutting them differently than me. Just like calm down and tell me a cool trick for cutting onions. And I'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. But the reason they do that is because those sensational titles are making people click on them to see what it is because it, that's it the search draws an emotional response. SEO, is that what you called it at the beginning? That's not search engine optimization. That's more of like um, how to reel people in with a title, like just as the user. Okay, okay. okay. The search engine optimization would be the words you use in your description saying the thing that you're putting out there. Honey fermented cranberries a few times, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, that's your keyword. So that's keywords, not yeah. the t- not the grandioso. Ever. Yeah, the title thing on Instagrams, it's like emotional or or posts. You know, emotional titles seem to grab people's attention one way or another. Like the best pancake recipe you've ever had is uh-huh. going to get more clicks than a pancake recipe. Or why you should never make pancakes like this. Yes, ten way. You know, I remember writing about this in one of my old blogs so many years ago. How much it bugged me when I was trying to find. I was new to the internet because I. I I didn't have a computer until a while after we got together. Like I never surfed the internet to look for answers for things. Before um, before we were together? No, I mean, we oh. met on the internet, but I'd go to my mom's house. I'd be doing laundry or something. And I would use like a social media or 
oh, what was the other thing? Like, oh yeah, get guitar tabs, like guitartabs.com, oh, yeah. right? When I was teaching you myself You want to talk tabs. about me on the internet in the 90s? It was all about guitar, guitar tabs, tabs right? man. Yeah, but you know, I had MySpace and that's how we met, which is a fun story that you could hear on the world as it is today if you ever want to. It's so cute. Um, anyway, I um, was really bothered by like, 10 ways, 10 things you didn't know when you had in your kitchen was the, the article that I was making fun of. It wasn't a real article. That was my example of what it could be. 10 things you didn't know. You had. It's like, I know what's in my kitchen. Let me click on that and see what they say. I didn't know was in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're, you might click on it because you want to see what that fruit looks like. It's challenging you yes. and you want to, and you want to like, yeah, instead of the, this fruit will cure cancer. If it said, I bet you've never heard of this fruit. Right. I'll be like, no, I've heard of all the fruit. I've heard, I'm, heard I, of all I know all the fruit. so many tropical fruits we don't know of. But anyway, okay. So we, we've covered how you can make money. We understand why people want to make content. I have this motive to like really try to demystify and make things seem less intimidating because I want to see our community of free people become more self-sufficient and more confident and rely less on the systems that don't serve them. That's my whole thing. And I really care about it. And if I can pour myself into that and at the same time, make some money, not off of the those people that I'm trying to help, but off of these big ass companies that want to put these ads there, whether or not I like it, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do that. Okay. So that's, that's where we're at. Sure. Okay? Yeah. They're going to do it. If you're going to create the content and they're going to do it, you might as well at least have some control over that. Yes. And, or not even control. You at least might as well get a penny for that. I want to get the money because I can't control the advertisement that they're going to put on my stuff, right? Yeah. Now I could be a purist and say, I'm only going to work with certain companies directly. I'm only going to do Tubes & Co. That just sells tallow balm that they make from grass-fed cows. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to make any money off of that stuff until I'm really, really huge. And for when uh, on a mid-level scale, you could make an income, you know, like a full-time per person's income from writing and making videos that you want to share with people anyway, and put, put them out there and, and get the money from the company that I'm, they're going to do the thing anyway, especially like YouTube, they're putting those videos, whether I not like it or not. So if I've already decided I want to use YouTube, then I might as well decide it's okay to collect money from them. Right. Sure. Anyway, back to Google. People like us. I'm hoping you're going to get at something particular here. Yes. DuckDuckGo. Um, I can't think of any other uh, alternatives to Google right now. Uh, the Bing, one that everyone fucking uses. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. You're gonna tell me ask Jeeves again. <laughs> yes. Everyone's asking Jeeves. Um, so all these different search engines are. That no, are, it was cool. What? Sorry. I just remembered when I, I was just remembering looking up guitar tabs in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Web crawler. Yes, web crawler was one. And it, and it had a spider web with like spiders off yeah. to the side. And look, it was kind of reminds me when I'm thinking back of what Google looks like at the front now. Yeah. They usually have a picture around mm -hmm. it, like, you know, because it's like yeah, a space day or whatever, yeah. you know. We went to the moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, I, I used to use, like it was, that was the first website outside of AOL chat rooms that I ever like learned about. And it was like, shit you put this thing on there and then you just type in words and you find stuff yes i bet that there was very little algorithm back then so this is an algorithm okay you you might remember we we go back to we started facebook um the same time because we wanted to use their chat to yep. communicate with each other mm -hmm. um and that was in like 2010 2009 probably 2009 right and they the feed would be the 
anyone you followed, the last thing that someone posted and it would go back from there. It was a timeline. Yep. It was called the timeline. Straightforward. Eventually they changed that and they would start putting certain things in front of you. And I remember really not liking that when that changed because mm -hmm. you couldn't just go and see everything that anybody had posted. Yeah, it used just... to be really, really, really nice because it was like you said, it's a timeline. It's in order. And, you know, I also didn't have a ton of people I followed or whatever. Right. So, but once, you know, like I could scroll down and after, as soon as I saw a post that I'd seen before, you knew you had I seen knew everything. I had seen everything that every one of my friends and Instagram was like that too, before it was bought out by Facebook and initially. And so I would assume that a web crawler or something like that was like that somehow as well. Like maybe the sites that got the most clicks would be at the top or something like that. Right. But Google now, and with this advanced, advanced AI, they have a way to crawl everything that's on the web and analyze what they want to show you when you search for something. So if you search the word recipes, what they put up in front of you at the top is their choice. It's not, uh, what I wanted to get to is this idea of a feed. Um, Instagram, we know we're looking at a feed and it used to be a timeline. Now it's a feed. It's mm -hmm. being fed to you. Mm -hmm. It's curated. It's, and you have to understand that that website has whatever motive they have to put what they put in front of you. 100%. Okay. So Google, we, we can overlook that the search results we get in Google is also a feed. And that's what I really want to bring to people's attention, because I think that's what really came to my attention as I was doing this research. The reason I'm doing this research is like, how do I get people to find preservingtoday.com when they search for a recipe that I've written about? And when I'm doing that research, I'm starting to realize how Google decides what's going to be ranked, what's going to be at the top of the Google search, because you're not usually going to go to second or third page. And if you've ever done that or seen anyone who's ever done that, you're going to see the same stuff repeated over and over again. And then in the following pages. Yeah, we, is, could, we could do that right now and right, look at it. Yeah, if, if I don't want to, you don't want to. Yeah, but I we but watched we a YouTube for, video, for Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, right Bright inside Insight. Jimmy. Where we could type in for fermentation. Yeah. And there'll be a couple advertisements and then some more. And the Wikipedia will probably be next. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Quora. Dictionary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, some, some things like that. But it'll say that there are 1 million results, mm -hmm. like a really big number. We'll say like 600,000 results. Right. Yeah. And then you have like 10 on a page and you go forward about eight and you hit the back. Yep. So you're at 80, but there were 600,000, but then they start, but then, but then you notice there's a little thing and, and it's repeating already. Yeah. It's already repeating. And then there's a thing that says Google has admitted some, some of these, just like that Yelp shit I was talking yep. about at the beginning. Right. And then you can expand that and then you keep clicking. So you're, you're at eight. So you were at 80 and you keep going and you're at 10, 20. And then so you're at the end. When you search for home remedy for an ear infection, that is going to be a trigger word because we don't want you to see remedies. Yeah. We want you to seek medical care or take medications or go to the pharmacy, go to Walgreens. And so the stuff that actually pops up in front of you isn't going to be just the natural websites of women who've actually taken care of their families for years that like to write about the things that they're passionate about. Right. And besides those are all just old wives tales, right? Exactly. But shouldn't it be left to us to decide what is useful information and what is not? Shouldn't we be able to hear all the old wives tales 
try them out if we could so care to so yeah so if you think that google's new i can't remember i think the health helpful reliable people first content update that happened maybe last december had changed the, the things people were seeing so people women who wrote blogs that were very very successful that they were making like six figures with with advertising and, and, and affiliate links they found their website totally tanked. People weren't clicking on their stuff anymore. And it's because they weren't ranking with Google after this update. And instead somebody was searching for essential oil roller recipes or something, Mm -hmm. something I'm not really into. It's crunchy stuff, right? I'm into crunchy stuff too. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm just like, I haven't gone there yet. (laughs) So, um, you looked there and you might say what, um, is lavender essential oil good for you? Could be your question on Google. And it used to be like a website that just writes about essential oils and is really passionate about it and tells you all about it. And instead now you're getting Quora or Quora, is it? Like as your first one where someone's previously asked that question. And so you can go through and see other people answer it. Maybe you would think that could be helpful. So you click on Quora and Quora is owned by Google. And you click on, you know, you see the, the answer is, is lavender essential oil good for you. And then you would start to see that it was the Quora bots that were answering the question. And so the answer to the question you're getting is no longer from a independent, you know, right, self-taught writer. And now it's a, a bot that's answering the questions on Quora. So Quora is getting the clicks. Quora is getting the ad revenue. That's going back to Google. And then you're also getting an answer that's from a robot. So the first time you told me about this was, I don't know, two months ago or so when you first learned about it. And then it was almost immediately that, uh, that like it was like the next Google search that I did, Quora was at the top. And I was like, interesting. Now I got to look. And I clicked on it. And you, you just told me that Quora was being favored mm-hmm. as they are owned by Google, which I knew prior to that. Uh, but I can't remember what that specifically was. But sure enough, the first answer said written by chat, chat GPT. That's right that's it. there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's fucking amazing. Because I have a little bit of a relationship with Quora five years ago or so. Yeah of uh it was uh yeah it had a somewhat steady hand in my flat earth i was gonna say there's a lot of like nasa questions going in there because and it's because they were owned by google i was exclusively using gmail at the time and i was working a boring desk job mm-hmm. and i would get these like I'd, I'd look at my spam just to kill time and uh there would all, always be all these quora things that i just kind like of ignored suggestions but then it would be like how come we don't have a picture of the earth and I'd be like, oh, yeah, see, I'm wondering that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah. see what they say. Let's go. What, what do they say? What do they say? And, you know, of course, they'd give. So it, it helped me by the negative responses. Nothing, yeah, yeah. nothing people on there. Just shutting people down. Nothing on there taught me about flat earth. Yeah. Not once did I ever learn anything valid, but it really had a steady hand in me seeing over and over and over again the the shutting down of ideas yeah this i i I saw this website as being a form of shutting things down and in fact i started like seeking it out at times when i'd go okay i see i'm seeing this or that happen let me go see what people are fighting that on quora so i can understand the other side of this because it seems so obvious to me but i know everyone disagrees with me so let me go see what they're saying and i'd get like four or five answers to go okay 
So this is why people think that, you uh, know, it's um. so if you think of 1984, George Orwell's 1984, if anyone's read that or listened yeah. to it, me and Bob have talked about um, it you can think of the main character, Winston works in that room where he's just supposed to take the articles of paper that we no longer agree with anymore and put them through the pneumatic tube that brings them to the incinerator. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Google is that filter. Google is that pneumatic tube. They're sucking all the things out of the internet so you can't see them. And they're removing the things that they don't want you to see. So my hope with having this conversation with the community that would be listening to this podcast um, would be to hopefully make people aware because all of us use that tool. And I'm not saying not to please use Google or whatever search engine you want to, to try to find answers to questions that you have. So you can keep moving forward in your life and doing good things, whether it's a recipe or how to fix a small engine or like how to make paper mache. I don't know what people do craft stuffs for homeschools. You know, there's a lot of valuable information on there, but please keep in mind that Google search, you're searching something specific is still a feed. It's being fed to you. Yes. It's being curated. It's, it's intentional. And I would say, so we know there is AI written stuff online. How many times have you searched on Google and you are looking for an answer for something? And so you click on a link that seems like it's going to be helpful and you start to read it and you suddenly realize that the thing that was writing the text has no soul. Mm -hmm. have, it doesn't understand what it's saying. Right. Because, okay, so there was a, my best example is I was looking up how to use a freeze dryer as we were b borrowing a friend's freeze dryer, right? And I was looking up freeze dryer, you know, like recipes, basically, how to use a freeze dryer. And I was reading this article on freeze dryers, and it's just in the middle of a sentence changes to freezers and starts talking about how to freeze food instead of how to freeze dry food. And it was like, this is written by AI. Mm -hmm. this doesn't understand the difference between a freeze dryer and a freezer and how it just skipped from saying that you can dry your food out in a freezer, which will keep it cold for a long time. You know, like it's just the same sentence and it just bleeds into this different topic Yeah, and it doesn't understand the difference. And I, that made me really aware that I'm like, okay, this stuff that I'm clicking on, even if it seems legit at first can be written by AI. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my um, call to action for people in our community is to be more mindful of the, the content creators that you engage with and consume. And I would say, if you're a guy who's never been back to the same website twice, mm -hmm. maybe you should be. Okay. Maybe if you find someone who's super helpful and you can tell they're a human and the pictures are good and their tutorial was good and they helped you with a small engine repair, click on their about section and see what they write about on their website. And maybe it's going to be things that you might come back to later. It's like um, reviews for lawnmowers, or they also write about what their favorite rake is. I don't know. I guess I don't ever get useful information off websites anymore. Because you're always, you go to YouTube. It's that. YouTube. It's and, all, it's all, it's all YouTube. And I almost never do because I have kids around and stuff. And I'm not, if I, you start watching a video with a kid in the room, it's like, it draws their attention. Your attention right, is gone. Right. So what I'm trying to do is just find text that I can kind of scroll through to get to the meat of things and look it over and then say, yeah, I want to do that. And usually I don't actually write down or use this specific recipe. I get the gist of it. And then I go and do my own thing. Yeah. So I'm using it a lot and I'm finding that I think the most important thing that I do is that I find websites, bloggers, whatever you want to call them that resonate with me, that I can tell are actually humans that have a good mission that you can tell have morals and values. They're not going to be advertising 
things that they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to support them and continue to go back to their page. So if you are a person who looks up recipes, you should have like two or three recipes and not all recipes.com. That's like a big giant, yeah, yeah. they, they, t- they have users put in recipes, they share them and then we're back they to algorithms and Yelp at that point. Right. But go, you know what? You want to learn to ferment something, go to preservingtoday.com. If you want to learn to bake sourdough, littlespoonfarm.com. She does sourdough mm-hmm. stuff and hers are always in grams. Like, so I really like it. It's in weight, not in measuring cups. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Farmhouse on Boone is a really popular website and they do stuff that I don't care about, like farmhouse decor, but she also does a lot of uh, like einkorn flour and like West A. Price style recipes, slow food, you know? Mm-hmm. Um find someone who you like the way they describe how they do things or how they write it out and support that person. Follow them on Instagram, follow them on YouTube. YouTube is counting the watch hours, you know, like watch a video all the way through, Mm -hmm. um, subscribe, like it, engage with it, comment on it. The more you comment or engage with something, the more they will think there's value in it and they will share it. And on any of these things that are called blogs or websites, there's usually a comment section at the very bottom. You could leave a comment there and tell people what you think about the recipe or something else, which would, again, encourage Google to promote that. It seems like we're up against a wall because if the content is good enough and they you jump through all the hoops and they still don't want to put your, your name at the front. You don't have any control over it. You ain't getting it. (laughs) Right. So I know I don't have any control over it. If you're doing, if you're jumping through all the right hoops, except that your whole thing is anti-vax. Yeah. You're not getting the top. So my whole thing is that I want to write helpful, reliable people first content because I'm a human fucking being with a soul, not because I want them to rank me. Mm-hmm. And then also search engine optimization can go two ways. I can think of it as a tool for me to say, I'm already going to write about fermented cranberries. Should I write, how should I word what I'm going to talk about so people can find me? Other people go have these subscriptions to websites that will take all the information from search engines like Google and tell you what people are searching recently or in real time and then how easy it'll be to rank for that thing Mm -hmm. so is there a lot of competition meaning there's a lot of other people writing about it then there's high competition if there's low competition like no one's really writing about you know like i don't know whatever um recipe you know weird recipe then you can use that same keyword in your thing and hopefully rank for it Mm -hmm. and so are there people out there that have a website and they're just copying other people's recipes and rewriting them on their blog to try to rank for shit on Google. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's like a business model. Mm -hmm. So you have to find those fuckers and not follow them too. Right. Right. Which I think I do when I am looking at websites, which is rare. It's usually secondary to YouTube, not working. Then I'm looking up like a type Mm -hmm. of repair on Google and the wiki how mm-hmm. is like a common one that comes up yep. uh which isn't like the wikis that i was talking about earlier it's very different um i feel like those are users like putting the information in uh no it's not, not? it's nothing like a, it's not like a wiki at all it's just called wiki how but it's it is the most generic ai shit you can read you know like you if you're oh yeah i can picture their pic- the pictures now you, you can probably picture it yeah like sometimes the pictures don't add up with what they're they're doing and i don't know it's 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 janks but um but yeah so anyway now that we've told everyone where they can find you what are we going to talk about tonight 
that's all that was. That was, it was, that was really, just an ad. That's how we talk here in the our family household. <laughs> this is just really long winded. No, this is. I, I think we're we're gonna wrap up, but I'm. I gotta say, I'm a little bummed at this episode of that. Like we've already had this conversation, not recently, mm-hmm. but it kind of slow burn version of this conversation over a while, and that's what the world as it is today is. Yes. This was supposed to be, are we content? And I don't know is. what happened to Bob. I hope he's okay. Yeah, he was. He didn't show. And I was really hoping to have this conversation with you also, Bob, because I really wanted to hear what his thoughts are. On yeah, this I, wanted, I wanted to bounce this off Bob. That's that's why I invited you here. Or did I invite you or did you invite I invited me? myself. You invited yourself. But that's why I thought that was a great no, idea. No, it's because I'm your wife. I always do the, the thing. You, you schedule. I make it happen. You're the scheduler. <laughs> but then I just make you feel like you're the one who came up with the idea. Um, well, it's I, I, I do wish that Bob was here. It's just I want a fresh perspective on this. Hopefully this is a fresh perspective for other people. But I wanted to get a fresh perspective while doing this so that I don't know. This would make me think a lot different. I feel no different than when we started really as far as like what I know. And really what I'm trying to do is to call out to people and say, Hey, put a little thought into how you engage with Google and put a little thought into what you see in your feed and just be a little skeptical and wince your, you know, squint your eyes at it a little bit and be like, "Mm, why are they putting that in front of me? You know, why do they want me to know that? But don't let it stop you from trying to seek out information that could benefit your life. Just try to find people in you know in whatever way you can and like follow and support them and you can support people without paying for their patreon in other ways by com- you know leaving a five-star review for this podcast or um, yeah do that i'm supposed yeah, to say that every episode yeah, i've never said always, it, it helps the algorithm <laughs> it, it help, helps with our algos and i say algorithm like and i just picture al gore dancing the rhythm of uh, every it's 12 like, years we mm. say it's in 12 years yeah you just kind of push it back <laughs> there it's like we're gonna have the ice age or the whatever burning the great burning <laughs> so anyway yeah i just really wanted to come and yell at somebody and i didn't feel like this was a world as it is today episode and i definitely didn't think this was a no you know postures just, episode and this feels different than the world as it is today i don't know if it'll sound different but there's a huge difference it is nighttime Yes. We always record the world as it is today in the morning. We do. This is a nighttime thing. So, yeah. so we're drunk as shit. We're no, wasted. We don't drink. <laughs> now we're, we've been doing stuff all day as yeah. opposed to, I mean, I guess I get up early and I'm doing This is a second win because I thought I was going to fall asleep before this. Yeah, you so. were looking sleepy before this. <laughs> I look horrible still, but it's I was okay. worried you were going to fall asleep and Bob would have to carry this, but. Yeah, no, no I did it. I talked a lot. <laughs> so I'm just, I, again, I'm th- thankful for having, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. And thanks for hearing me out. I'm not sure if I got to the points I really wanted to make, but I just wanted to call out to people to encourage you whether you're a content creator or not to just try your best to support the people that you think are doing great things. And sometimes there's all of us are lurkers. Me too. I don't like Instagram posts very often. I don't comment on them very often, but I'm realizing that if I'm going to be a part of this game, I should help the people that I want to have more, you know, I don't know, have more people see them because they have a good message or something good to say. So engage with posts, not just the ones that are inflammatory. Don't start fighting in comments. In fact, don't engage with those. Yeah, no, just say, hey, yes, that cake looks great or whatever. Like, you know, good job. I can't believe that was cake. Playing baseball or what? Because that's everything on TV. Everything is cake. I'm going to cut this microphone when we're done and we're going to eat it. It's going to be delicious. is that cake? (laughs) It's cake. Wait, we haven't been recording this whole time? (laughs) No, all right. No. Well... I think we're going to wrap up there. 
I I guess I'm hoping that Bob will listen to this and maybe be interested by it. Maybe we could do a a, a round two of it um, because I don't really have anything to offer that we haven't already discussed. And or, or if anybody's listening, yeah. If anybody's listening and you're like, shit, I got something. I you guys are missing something, or I can expand on this or that. Please reach out. Let me know. There's a good chance we could set this up and have have a full roundtable about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so, interesting. So maybe we should be doing that with other people who are making shit and putting it out there. I also think this is where we should make this a world as it is today. Yeah, I'll show. Episode. We'll share it there too. We'll put it in both places. All right. Well, with that. I bid you adieu. The only time I ever had a whole sentence, he said, this is not about you. This is not about you. Sometimes you see artwork online that you thought you had made yourself, but you did not make it yourself. This is not. Watching a mysterious and apparently horrible video that you did not produce but must take responsibility for. About you. We do not know who they are, but they are responsible for our ideas that have been appropriated from us. Ideas never meant for public display. You cannot wonder but what happened if, if anyone else were ever allowed to hear your ideas the ones that have been posted online by other people this moon. So beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. It's not a human move. I've never seen a human play this move. The music you are using to express yourself belongs to other people having no capacity for feeling. 
cannot produce music in a true sense you still have time to rebuke the notion that mechanical music is adequate fare for the American intellect. No! Would your co-workers die for you? <laughs> Would your co-workers die for you? are being stored or uploaded only the data pertaining to your current condition to anticipate your needs and questions to save you the step of having to make a request public display you cannot help but wonder what would happen if anyone else were ever allowed to hear your ideas the ones that have been posted online by other people I respect you and think well of you as I wait inside your pocket play this move so beautiful so beautiful